Blog Talk Radio. Especially as wonderful people to clean up the hospital 
after at least everybody's been there. months on this show about biosolar and the solar panels and so forth. This is no joke. The uh, As of June 1st, evidently all solar companies are going to be going up on their panels alone 23% because of the inflation. That's just the, the solar panel company. So on top of each state going up percentage-wise with their Florida Power and Light or whatever company that you use, we're looking at a substantial increase and power, you know, either way you go. Now, if you still sign up with the solar, you're still going to have a better deal than you would with power uh, or after power grid. Problem is, it is going to be more expensive here come June 1st, so you've still got two weeks to try to lock in a deal. And it's no joke. I mean, all of you can uh, check for yourselves, and I recommend that you do. Mine's gone up. Several people I know, uh, cops, friends, firemen, uh, theirs are going in next week. Um, biosolar.com, B-Y-O-S-O-L-A-R.com, or you go to our uh, website, fightingwordsradionetwork.live. You can get all the info off of there to call Patrick and get set up. But I highly recommend that you do it. And you may not hear about this here the next week or two. This may be it. So take, take your time, do your research, and get biosolar.com and mention us so you can get the perks with it. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my best man at my wedding, uh, Warren Brazil, Danny Boy Bennett, uh, come out of retirement, you do a kickboxing match, Matt Kovacs, uh, up at the Angels of Wind Casino in Arlington, Washington put on by Ward Kickboxing and Landon Shallowwater. So, uh, big shout-out to him. I wish you could be there, and best of luck, brother. Take him into the deep rounds. Well, good luck. Steve, what did you think about the uh, the Dimitri Bible uh, upset of Canelo uh, Alvarez? Well, that is... It more or less went the way that uh, that I thought it would. I thought it did. Bivol, first of all, you can see how much bigger he was than Canelo. Um, and Bivol, he 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 showed discipline. He showed discipline, and he's always showed discipline. Uh, what what I saw from uh, Bivol is what I normally see from Bivol. I mean, he didn't do anything really different from what he does. Um, what I saw from Canelo is I saw Canelo, uh, a guy who is known for more or less, he's known for his counterpunching. When he was, as, com- as he was coming up in weight, he was known for his counterpunching, uh, especially 
when he was around, uh, coming up from welterweight, junior, uh, mid, junior middleweight. But now, I mean, as he and even with the Gennady Golovkin to a certain degree, but as he's moved up in weight, he hasn't been using his counter punching as much as he's been just leading guys, carrying them heavy with his foot pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of having you know bigger guys fade away from have to work using their feet, and usually it's the other way. I mean, for the most part, it's the other way around to a degree. Where when you're fighting a bigger guy and you as a smaller guy, you usually have to work harder against the bigger guy. And Canelo, he, he he's been kind of reversing that trend. Well, Bivol fights at a high pace all fight long anyway. That's the first thing. The second thing is Bivol is not a guy who's going to back into a corner or really back into the ropes. Bivol is going to work. He's going to throw punches. He's going to spit it off to the side. He, he's going to, you know, he, he's going to faint and he's going to be busy. So you're not only going to either – he's a guy who's not going to let you dictate the, the pace of the fight to him. And Canelo's a guy who often, as much as guys have, you know, they may have won rounds and everything, the pace of the fight was always going Canelo's way. A bigger guy retreating and having to use his leg. So that's one thing. The second thing is lungs, stamina, energy. Bivol, at that weight, has more stamina than Canelo. And what you saw is Canelo used... Early in the fight, he had to use a lot of stamina defensively. And, I mean, just, just dipping, dodging punches, blocking punches, parrying punches, I mean, and sometimes getting hit with punches. Using his feet, you know, every try to quickly get out of range. Uh, that took a lot of Canelo's energy to where later on in the fight, he didn't have that to put it on. Uh, and, I, I mean, he didn't have that, you know, explosiveness. I also saw very Canelo being very basic, very, very not, very, very limited with his offense. Um, he, he was going for one shot power. He would go for, he, 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 like, the first round, I like what he's done in the first round. But that's something that Canelo's not going to keep up all fight long. And that's not something Bivol is going to allow to happen. So Canelo, I mean, to me, he was, I mean, he, he lost to a bigger guy, but that wasn't it to me. He was beaten by a guy who knows how to box. And Canelo knows how to box, but this guy boxes better. Now, size for size, I, I think it will always be a good fight, which to me, they are, they're not size for size, totally. But I don't like it. If they rematch it, I don't like Canelo against Bivol. It, it, it's that simple. Okay. Now, I don't know if people know it or not, but uh, we do have a uh, Karnak on the uh, on the show uh, because when I text him the next morning and said, what did you think of the play? He said, I called it a mile away. Uh, and that would be uh, Ty? You know, it's funny, right? Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm not a gambling <laughs> man. But every now and then I wake up on a Sunday after a fight, and I wish I was. I think this was six to one odds. And... The funny thing is, is, is you you declared it an upset, and the boxing pundits in the boxing world declare it an upset. But to Zito, myself, and Tony, the result was clear as day. To me, 
I don't care what the public said. It would have been an upset if Canelo won. As far as mm-hmm. the fight itself, there's really nothing to add on to what Zito said. So instead of adding, I'll add some contextualization, some nuance, if you will. And Zito mentioned two, two points. And the two points he mentioned was pacing. Canelo typically fights at his own pace. And lungs, Canelo not having the conditioning to fight at Dibal's pace. Well, the reason why I thought Dibal would win the fight exactly how he wanted, and I even thought that he had a chance to get Canelo out of there, not knock him out cold, but just I honestly thought he had a chance to run Canelo so hot that uh, he would just be completely exhausted. And so what Zito was talking about, as far as Canelo fighting at his own pace, let's take the whole Mayweather fight out of the equation. And in that fight, he fought at his own pace, too, but he just got beat. Um, but since Canelo has been on this, this really historic run since Triple G, since he's moved up to 168, like Zito said, he's kind of abandoned his counterpunching. And part of the reason why is because he's fighting longer guys who tend to fight at range. Those guys are a little harder to counterpunch unless you have really aggressive feet like Mike Tyson and you have to have great conditioning with aggressive feet like Joe Frazier to be able to keep that pressure going for so long where you can run any opponent kind of high. Well, what Canelo was able to do because of the all the skill set, he typically had guys a little tense anyway. And then, like Zito said, he was fighting at his own pace. He wasn't countering as much because it would take more work to slip and counter than it does to throw single hard shots when you see an opening on a retreating opponent. And the other three guys, specifically Caleb Plant, Callum Smith, and Billy Joe Saunders, couldn't master physicality or technique. The reason why... Thus, he was able to fight at his own pace and break those guys down. The reason why Bivol was such a clear favorite to me was because Bivol, first and foremost, had the tank to fight at a higher pace than Canelo. Canelo's conditioning has never been better than average. Average at best. His, his lungs, his gas tank is average at best. He hides it very well, and it appears elite because he fights at his own pace. Well, I knew Bivol fights at a pace that would run Canelo a little high. The other thing I knew was that Bivol, not only did he have the technique, skill set, range to implement his game plan and stifle Canelo, but I knew he had the physicality to not be bullied by Canelo. And in turn, when he felt comfortable to step on the gas, and hence bully Canelo. Thus, the result was very, very clear to me. And I'm going to tell you something. If they were fight again, it's a very, very dangerous fight for Canelo. And dangerous in the sense that, again, I believe Bivol has the physicality, the size, and the skill set to get a stoppage on Canelo. Again, stoppage, I'm never going to say knocked out cold, but maybe not coming out for round 11 because you literally – Need a, uh, an inhaler, an asthma pump? Yeah, I could see that happen. <laughs> um, so I agree with everything Zito said. Like I said, just wanted to ask, sprinkle on a little nuance as the first. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely want to add a little bit. I can't add much more than that. This is uh, we nailed that one, but he was hurting. Bivol doesn't even look like he's even been in a fight the whole time. Canelo by three, I think, is scared. Like holy shit, I'm finally met my match. But what I want to say is a little bit of scratchiness in the background there. But what I want to say was uh, at the 10th or 11th round. They announced that Canelo was still there and nobody had been knocked down and they were trying to say the points were closed and all this. And I'm thinking this is going to be another Canelo fight here that's going to get, they're going to give it to him just like the other ones that he lost. And we know that he lost and, and they're going to give him the win. And then I think the last round or maybe the 11th round, they said, oh my goodness, Vegas just changed the odds to, to Bivol winning this. And yeah. that's where I knew we were okay if he didn't knock him out. But I was a little worried there at the, at the end of that, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, this is just one of the yellow uh, hero fights, you know. It's a fight where a guy wins the thing but loses in the end, end of the thing. Uh, you want to explain that? Okay, good. Hey Butch, you were mentioning it was it which fight were you mentioning it? You said Bellator? Uh, yeah, Al Charles I'm sorry? Charles Alabama. Oh, oh where, oh where's Kane at and Bob at? Let them let them jump on that before I do. Yeah. Alabama. Okay. Yeah, I, I hear you now. I can't I couldn't hear you for, for for like a long time. I couldn't hear you. Your audio was, was really bad. Um but um yeah, so that fight was a lot of fireworks starting like the first round. Only you know didn't make it out of the first round if you were watching. If you if you know how it ended, um, yeah. So uh, Justin Gaethje came out swinging as we knew he would. Started early with a leg kick, tried to wear down Oliveira just like he tried to do to Khabib, and it was it was wearing down um, Oliveira. You could see you know even in the first round he started to you know he was really light on that lead foot. You know he wasn't. He wasn't as, you know, aggressive with the takedowns very early in the fight. Um, and he wasn't aggressive with the takedowns at all in the end of the fight. Um, and I think it was due to that injured uh, lead foot because Justin Gaethje ate it up so quickly. And uh, it started with Justin Gaethje coming out, kicking him, and then and hit him with a, some big shots, some big uppercuts. Drops him three, I think it was three or two times in a row. All in the first, all in the first round, Charles Oliveira got up every single time. You know, he tried to stay down, and, and he wanted Gaethje to to wrestle with him so so that uh, so everybody knows that that's Oliveira's realm. Oliveira is probably the best pound pound the best wrestler in the UFC right now. Well, not best wrestler, and his, his his submissions are so flawless. Not even funny. Um, so he kept on trying to stay down so that so that Gaethje would uh, so it would tempt Gaethje to come to the ground with him, but Gaethje didn't want to do that, obviously. Um, but every single time, Oliveira got back up and went back to work and caught him with a caught him with a beautiful cross that dropped him and, and it and it wobbled him and he, and he fell down against the cage and Oliveira jumped right on him and 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 that was that was the fight. As soon as he got on him, I looked at my brother and I said, 
all right, that's the fight's over. You know, go home. The fight's over. Um, and within like 20 seconds of them being on the ground, Oliver got him in, beautiful headlock. And as soon as he locked it in, Dustin knew he was done. You, you're not getting out of that. Um, and he tapped, and that was that was actually really surprising. I didn't think that Justin Gaethje was going to be a man to tap, um, but he did. And even before that, the uh, the the Michael Chandler Justin and uh, Michael Chandler, uh, yeah, M- Michael Chandler uh, Tony Ferguson fight. Um, that was an even more amazing fight. I think I think that was fight of the night because uh, Tony came out, he dropped him. Um, I think maybe even twice in the first round. I think he dropped him twice, and then, and then, um, and later on in that first round, Michael Chandler finally jumped on him and, and grabbed a hold of him, did some wrestling, you know, did some ground and pound, and they were both cut open, um, going into the second round, and then comes out, come out of the second round, thirty seconds in, you know, they they traded some shots, and Michael Chandler hit him with a beautiful front kick straight to his jaw, lights out, and very sad. For, for Tony Ferguson, you know, I honestly I thought he was dead for a couple of seconds the way he was laying down on the floor. He must have been out for like at least two minutes. And um, Michael Chandler was running around the ring doing flips and doing everything that he that he likes to do after his wins and everything that Dana White doesn't like him to do. Um, and uh, the co-main event Rose Namajunas versus uh, Carla and uh, Carla. Uh, boring fight. <laughs> I have ever seen. Oh. I turned it. Off. I didn't. I. I didn't even watch the rest of it. I was. I just wanted to. Oh. I just wanted to turn it off. Oh. I, just, I, I didn't even watch it. But I, I'd I never call I a fight for it. I'd never yeah. call a fight for it. But oh, that fight was. And Carlos Sparza came out with the win. Honestly, I thought it, I thought it should have been a draw. But either way, I was barely even watching. So. You can't really rely on my on my word. I can't even tell you anything about the fight because I was on my phone most of the time. As high as the fans feel as though I lost, I don't see how anyone won. Hey, uh, JJ, real quick. One of the, uh, a point, Zito and I watched the fight together, and it's a point I made to Zito that Zito also knows. So in Charles Oliveira, Chucky Olives, the champ's last three fights, in spite of the weight miss, he's still the champ, right? In Chucky Olive's last three fights, Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, and Justin Gaethje, he got dropped in the first round in all three fights. The guy that came closest to stopping him was actually Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler's the guy who actually came closest to stopping him. The reason being, Michael Chandler dropped him and dove into his guard and went for the kill. When Dustin Poirier dropped him in the first round and Dustin Gates dropped him in the first round, both of them allowed him to get back to his feet because they didn't want to get they didn't want to play in his guard. The moment he dropped Dustin Gates, he was on him like a like fly on, on Dookie. So it says something not only about how lethal he is on the ground, but the fact that he developed such a well rounded game that he has complete confidence wherever the fight goes. And the guy who came closest to stopping him is the guy who also has complete confidence wherever the fight goes. I mean, Mike, I'm not going to throw all week. A, um, a rematch. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, guys, I'm I'm getting nothing but static. I apologize. I mean, as far as the gate and, and uh, everything, I've been eating so sandwiches all week. So, KJ called that basically. Yeah. How about uh, uh, Yo, uh, Yo uh, Romano and uh, Alex Pelosi? What would you think of that fight? Uh, Yo Romero? Yes. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I'm sorry. Vintage performance. It was a vintage yeah. performance. He he did what he does, right? He uh he was slick defensively on a stand up and, and he was, you know, kinda able to outstrike the guy over the course of uh two rounds and then Lord have mercy. In the third round. Like it's funny because Yoro Romero, his cardio is always questioned, but he has so many late fight knockouts. And, again, he, he pieced this guy up through basically two minutes and 50 seconds. And then, like, in those last 10, 20 seconds, he unleashed a combination that, that uh, knocked my guy out cold. And uh, thus, he's back on the map after, a, you know, a long losing streak in which he was competitive in every fight but just wasn't able to, you know, win enough rounds. So, uh, so yeah, so Joel Romero, the 43-year-old, Absolute freak of nature. Uh, he just uh, ended his losing streak. Phenom. Now, who's fighting tonight? What's the big fight tonight, supposedly? Blackovich versus uh In boxing. In, oh. Yeah, and in, in, in UFC is Yang, former uh, 205-pound champion, Yang Lahovic versus uh, uh, up-and-coming contending and Alexander Oreckis. In boxing, it is the uh, undisputed 154-pound unification rematch bout between uh, Brian Castaño and Jamal Charlo. Those are the big fights tonight. Ooh, that's great. Jamal fighting tonight. I, boy, that, that's, I, let's just put this, I want to see Jamal lose, but I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, I, I don't, I don't know, I'm not a big fan. So I'm kind of shooting and hoping and praying I'm not going to have to eat a sandwich, but going for the other man. I'm I'm pulling for Castaño too. I like Castaño. I'm not the biggest Charlo fan, um, and I thought Castaño won the first fight. I thought he edged it. It was a very close fight. I don't think you could call the draw a robbery. It was a draw. It can't call it a robbery because it was significant. It was that close, but. Myself and most observers thought Castaño edged it. With that being said, um, unfortunately, I predict Jamal Charlo, Jamel, the younger brother, Jamel Charlo, to either uh, land enough power shots to make an impact on the judges to get a decision, 
or to uh, eventually land his money shot and stop Castaño uh, pretty clean. So I'm favoring uh, slight edge of Charlo. Still think it's going to be a good fight, but I think Charlo's power is going to come through and be the Charlo's power is the only thing that afforded him the draw last time. I think his power is going to come through and actually get him a, a deserved victory this time. I hope you're wrong, but you're probably right on this one. I hope I'm wrong too. Z? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With uh, with Castano, it, it, Castano's a guy who who's, he's good, but he's not a guy who's just always going to adapt or that's going to really adapt too much of his game to have to change. Um, Charlo's not either, but Castano's the one that probably wants to do it a little more. Just because when that power, if Castano could avoid the power, then he's going to win. If he could avoid those those kill shots, then he, he's going to win. Um, the problem is you can't you can't he can't do that. You can't let Charlo either one, but you can't let Jamal Jamal which one? Just Jamal. You can't let Jamal have that. Um, he, 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 if he has a two, it, it could be a total. I'm sorry, Gito, it's Jamal. It's Jamal Muffler. Yeah, this is a Tony Harrison situation. You, I mean, yes, sir. You cannot keep having. I mean, Harrison did well in the first fight, but you can't let the power get through. Castano, he took it the first fight. I'm not going to bet on him taking. I can't bet on him taking the, taking those shots or that shot. No. As Todd said, the problem is Castano. As I said, he's not a guy who's really going to. Majorly, uh, really adapt too much of anything. And really, he he thought he won, so that's more reason why he doesn't think he should adapt. Um, but as I say, he's the one that probably should adapt, so he doesn't really have to deal with that topic to a degree. Uh, I, I, I would, I'm going to have to agree with Ty though. I, I, I'm have to pick Charlie to win by. So I'm going to pick him to win by stop. As simple as that. I'm going to pick him to win by stop. And you know what? The thing is, too, right? Like, Castano, first of all, he, 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 he took some shots, and he was able to – he was hurt multiple times, and he was able to go ahead and come back and respond. That is just not something that happens fight after fight after fight against the same guy, right? Specifically a guy who is the power puncher in the fight, and his power is predicated upon timing. You know what I mean? Well, now you're giving that same guy who's seen you for 12 rounds additional mm-hmm. rounds. Do you know what I mean? So typically a guy whose who style is predicated on timing, the more he sees you, the better he is against you. Think of Juan Manuel Marquez and Manny Pacquiao. Juan Manuel Marquez, my guy, and Y'all guy, Manny Pacquiao. Think of what happened to Manny Pacquiao because Marquez was able to eventually get his timing down. And being as though Jamel Charlo started landing some, like, if you guys remember that fight, he had a great ebb and flow. It was very competitive. Castano clipped him earlier. Kind of, I'm not going to say clipped him, but, you know, shook him up a little bit earlier. As the fight wore on, Charlo started landing big punches and had him, like, reeling in the 10th or 11th round. Between the 9th and 11th, I forget which round, had Cassano almost out of there. You don't typically keep surviving that against the same guy. And if that guy's style is really predicated on 
quantity over quality, and that's based on timing, like you know, Charlo did. Can't give that guy a, more than 12 rounds to keep seeing you because he'll figure you out. Even if he doesn't realize it, his instincts will figure you out. Hey, uh, hey Bob, um, I see the uh, Blackwish fight uh, is going to be on uh, uh, TV tonight. Uh, what's your thoughts on his, this fight? Uh, who again? Blackwish, B-L-A-C-K-W-I-Z-Z. He's talking about Jan Blachowicz. Jahovic? Blachowicz versus uh, Alexander Rachic. Yeah, Jehovah yeah. used to be the, the champ. He's pretty beasty, but the other guy's an up and comer, so that should be a decent fight. I mean, when it comes to striking, Rachich, Rachich probably has him in, in that realm. And his his, um, his, his takedown defense is, is, is really good. So I, I don't think there's going to be much that, that, um, that Blahowicz can do to Rachich. Maybe he can catch him with a with a nice little right hand because he does have the power advantage over over, uh, over Alexander. Um, but I mean, we we do know that that Jan Blachowicz is a is a very slow fighter when he when it comes to when it comes to his style of fighting. Kind of like when he fought uh, um, Israel Adesanya, you know, a lot of people said that was one of Izzy's most boring fights, and. Yeah, Alexander won. Alexander won that fight. He beat he beat um he beat Adesanya. Um but that was and Adesanya had the striking advantage on him too. Um but he didn't have the takedown defense and experience of being a light heavyweight. But when you have a guy like Racist coming, a guy who who is a an excellent striker and an excellent grappler when it comes to stand up you know, up, up against he'll put you up against the fence. You know, he'll put his weight on you. He'll make you tired. And that can wear out a lot of people. And Jan has a pretty big gas tank. So I think this fight will go all the way to decision. But I, I still have Rachich, you know, those striking. And, and if you if you land enough punches, you know, it, it just it racks up a lot of points, especially on the on the scorecards and everything like that. And especially um, when you when you defend a takedown, that'll, that'll also boost a lot of points on the, uh, on the scorecard. And I don't think that Belhovich can really take it down to the ground. And uh, Jan is is really good about you know, when he gets you on the ground, he'll put his elbow in his in his face, and he'll he'll put all of his weight on it, and that that'll tire you out. But he's not going to be able to do that against a guy like Rachel Chunes. Rachel's going to keep him on the ground, keep him against that fence, and he's gonna he's gonna punish him if he tries to if he tries to uh, take the fight to the ground. And it's going to be a very long day for both fighters because they're both not—they're both not, you know, look over fights. But um, I, uh, I definitely got uh, Rachich by by uh, by decision this time around. Hey Tony, you got the ready, right? Just in case. I'm sorry to hear you. I think you have that juice ready for that uh, food sandwich for him to right? I got a whole lot of spread for this man. I got a lot. I got a lot of jarred stuff to eat my grandmother made up. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Hey, uh, 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 u
All I got was UFC 276 in July. Yes. Who? Who? who I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know who's on the card. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, Adesanya and who? No way. I didn't hear anything about that. That'd be... Adesanya and, and Jared Kanye has been signed. Kanye? Oh, oh, Jared Kanye, yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be signed. more realistic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know. So Kanye is on his way up, so he's ranked number two, I think. So that is the fight that they should be happening, right? He's either two or three. Yeah, yeah it's been, I'm it sorry, had been guys, rumored for a while. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bob. The, the Israel Adesanya Jared Kennedy fight had been rumored for a while, uh, but it, it has been signed now for July. I forget the date though, but Butch knows that. Nice. Yeah. Hey, uh, about uh, a Muslim country. So they uh, absolutely uh, called the whole event off uh, for morning. to that. Luke Rockhold, Paula Costa, very interesting fight. Luke Rockhold hasn't fought in about two and a half, three years. Paula Costa hasn't made weight since he was not killed by Israel Sonia. So first of all, even though that fight is very close to being signed and being targeted, we don't know which weight that fight is going to occur at just yet. Um, rumors have it that Paula Costa is already asking for a catchweight. So we'll see if he can indeed make 185 against Luke Rockhold. Um, the other thing, too, is, again, like I said, Luke Rockhold, that's a tough ass. In spite of Paulo Costa's history as being kind of goofy and lightheaded, you know, airheaded, uh, he's a top five guy, and he's proven And uh, so, you know, if Rockhold comes back off the playoff and gets the win, um, then obviously that will put him right back in contention. And he thinks that stylistically he matches up with the current champ, Israel Adesanya, quite well. So that, 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 that's what I can say on that until someone else is... Uh, I mean, I mean, like, Paula Costa, I, I have Israel Adesanya. 
respect for him anymore. I mean, after after what he did to to Vittori and and that whole that whole that whole uh, that whole thing with the catch weight and he couldn't make weight and you I mean you are put there your one job come fight day is to make weight and you don't do that a bunch of times like, I get it you do it one time in your career but two times in a row in a row and you're asking for a catch weight. Why is he still? In, if he's as soon as his contract up, I want to see him. In, I don't want to see him in the UFC anymore. He doesn't deserve to be there. Um, and I, I, if he fights Luke Rockhold, Luke, Luke Rockhold, he'll probably win. I don't think Luke, Luke can um, can keep up with keep up with Paula. Paula is very fast and he's very aggressive, and he swarms people. I love his fighting style. Love to watch him fight. You know, and I think he's a very exciting fighter. But he's just so he's just his out of ring self is so frustrating and um, very, very annoying. Um, but it is when it comes to getting down to business and going into the octagon, he goes in there and he's an absolute killer. Yeah, um, and if he goes against Luke Rockwell, the guy who I don't know how old he is, but he's been in the fight game for a really long time. And um, he's been in the acting game for a really long time as well. And I, I didn't know that until a couple days ago. I didn't know he was an actor. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I, don't, I really don't think he's he's uh, one to to keep up with a extremely fast fighter like like Paul Costa, somebody who who once he gets close to you, you know, he's you're not going to get away from him. He's going to keep you there, and he's going to. Get hit you with a barrage of punches that you're not going to escape from. And again, I don't think he's going to be able to keep up with his intensity and his veracity. Whoa! Close guy uses the twenty-five cent for male Caden start. What's with the special starting to get healthy again so he's going to start jumping on Twitter and, and all that other stuff and calling out anybody he can uh, Dana White's going to leave him in the uh, the pocket there to do the money fight uh, the money fight might be uh, um, between him and and uh, uh, oh shoot what's his name um Massive all, but I'm not sure uh, who, who they're going to match him up on. So he's going to be sitting there calling out everybody right now. They could well, even the do a Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor. You know, that would be a money fight. Nate's got one one uh, fight left on his contract. They're not sure where they're going to put put him. He's tweeting out that he wants to get it done or be released from his contract. So they could uh, very well throw him at Conor um, just for a money spot. So uh, Diaz, you know. McGregor, there's just a bunch of people in that uh, uh, division that aren't necessarily the best anymore, but still draw a big crowd. When you talk about money fights and you have Conor McGregor in it, it's not about you know who he fights because any fight he's going to be in is going to be a money fight. He doesn't have to fight a big name. If any fight that that he's in is going to bring in numbers. 
no matter what. You know, and he doesn't have to fight somebody like Charles Oliveira or or Michael Chandler or Jorge Masvidal, where he goes into the into the octagon and he hasn't won in how long? How many fights? As how many fights has he won since 2016? I don't even know. Probably less than he's won. Um, he's probably he's probably he's probably lost more than he's won. Only the Donald Cerrone fight, KJ. Only the Donald oh, yeah. Cerrone. Only, only Donald Cerrone who knocked out in like 45 seconds, which is good. Give give Conor a a fighter who is not who is not in the top 10. Give somebody who's give Conor somebody who's you know not known as somebody who goes in there and murders somebody in the octagon. Don't give him to to Michael Chandler. Don't give him to Justin Gaethje. Don't give him to Hamzat. Don't give him to Charles Oliveira. He's just gonna lose. I love Connor, and a lot of people hate him. Um, and I don't want to see him lose anymore. Um, but, you know, if he keeps on losing, he's going to have to retire. And I, and he's already made his money. He, doesn't, he has nothing left to prove. Double chance. You know, um, probably gave Khabib um, the, the best run for his money ever. He has nothing left to prove. He even fought for Mayweather. My, my suggestion for Connor, my suggestion for Connor is, and, well, and maybe match up for Dana. However, would be a Tony Ferguson fight. That'd be a good one. And, and just because, yeah, possibly, possibly. Both, both guys are yeah. kind of, me, you know, coming back. Connor's coming back from that horrific injury, and Tony's coming back from. My God, he got he got standing stumped in the face. Nobody, that's going to put people out of place. So, I mean, he's exhausted. He he needs to come back. And I think Connor will be a a good matchup. Just to kind of really, you know, see if Tony is totally out of it or to see if Connor is even capable. Because that's kind of where I think that fight would tell. It'll tell where each guy is as far as their UFC career is going or, or future would go. I think that'd be, you know, the way Dana cuts people to. I mean, that, I think that'd be, you know, a, a good fight for everyone to a certain degree. Except for the Connor league. needs to come back because he's got to make payments on that la- second Lamborghini yacht. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony, I mean, Tony Ferguson is not just coming back from being knocked out. He's coming back from the shadow realm. He's coming back from the yeah. afterlife. He's coming back from purgatory. I mean, he's I don't know what happened to him though. Oh yeah, that's true. But he's old, and he's, yeah, he's yeah. well, he's just lighten like up there, kiddo. We're all old, all of us but you. With age comes wisdom. <laughs> Actually, with age comes gray pubic hairs. Trust us. There you go. I, I got that right. <laughs> but I told somebody the other day at work, like you, you, you know how you're, you know when you're getting old as a man, when your eyebrows impede your vision. You're like, Caden, one of your favorite fighters, Deuceman, is uh, is talking about another fight with uh, uh, who is it? Uh, I'll kill kill this one, uh, Shamus. Who? Katie. Who? Oh, lost in there. Sorry. That's something. 
Talking about Usos against Chimaya, yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I think if anything, Usman probably. Yeah, I think Usman would be uh, the next up lineup there, and I think they've already signed it. Is going to be Leon Edwards against Usman. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're fighting in December. uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so that's that's going to keep Usman busy. I mean, you know, the same thing they're talking about Hazmat, you know, coming up and getting a shot at Usman. He's got to go through a lot of people first. Those, those. I mean, he just came up in the rankings. I get that, but Leon Edwards is passed over a lot, um, and and there's more. You know that should they send uh, has that against Colby Covington first. Um, so a lot's going to happen there before that fight. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Ty, what do I'm sorry, sir. I didn't. I didn't hear you at all. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's, you know, it's funny because Kel Brook announced his retirement a few weeks ago, and before that, Amir Khan had really been talking about wanting. Not, let me not say Amir Khan. Amir Khan's mm-hmm. management, the promoter, mm-hmm. had really been stating he was going to take a, another two and a fight to get sharp, and he wanted to retire. Uh, but ultimately, uh, two weeks after Celsius, also announced his retirement, which I don't think is a surprise, and I think it's a really good move for him. He's had a really good career. He's a two-time champion, and he was also an Olympic gold medalist. So, uh, you know, kudos to American and Celsius on their uh, good career. And they, those two guys defined an era of uh, British boxing, specifically at welterweight. I think the only interest now will be to see if uh, either one or maybe both of those guys somehow makes their way to the Hall of Fame. I think they're both borderline, so it'll be interesting. Uh, but, but kudos to both guys. They had great careers and a great rivalry as well. Before, be, wait a minute, be, Zito, hold, hold, before this goes too far. So what it is is Kovalev has moved up to cruiserweight. He's continuing his career at cruiserweight. He's mm-hmm. actually fighting Alexander Pulev's younger brother. So okay. Pulev has a younger brother who was like an Olympic bronze medalist. Um, and the guy mm-hmm. is actually like 18-0 and 0 with 13 knockouts, but he's 39 mm-hmm. years old. Never stepped up his competition level. He's one of those guys, you know, glossy records. Never fought yeah. kind of like outside of Bulgaria. Never stepped up his competition level. Um, nonetheless, he's a cruiserweight guy that uh, Sergey Kovalev and, and uh, which is good friend Kathy Duva and their main events team have decided to uh, roll the dice with. Um, also on that card, 
Uh, Pulev is actually the big brother Pulev, the one we're all familiar with. He's actually fighting. I believe he's fighting Jermaine Franklin. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure he's fighting Jermaine Franklin, which would be a significant step up for Jermaine Franklin. And that's on the trailer card. So, yeah, um, Kovalev is actually fighting at Cruiserweight. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, uh, I forget Pulev's brother's first name, but, you know, he, he looks just like his brother, and he's, he, he looks significantly bigger than Kovalev, too. So uh, that's also coming on this evening, along with Gilberto Ramirez against Bocell. So there's some interesting fights on this evening. Well, well, I'm, I'm gonna say this much: Got Pulev's older. I mean, he's never stepped this competition. I, I don't like Kovalev. I don't. I, I, I can't. This is not a good fight for Kovalev. Um, it's not a. It's not a soft hitting. Cruiserweight apparently, and it's not a guy that apparently gets knocked out at cruiserweight. So what does Kovalev have to offer? Is he going to outbox him for twelve rounds? I mean, maybe, but at Kovalev's lungs weren't not. I mean, they were good, but they weren't the best at at, at uh, light heavyweight. Kovalev, I mean, and his physicality. He's moving up to cruiserweight, and he's fighting a foreign-hitting cruiserweight. A cruiserweight with decent power, at least. I don't like. I mean, I don't like Kovalev in this fight. I, I mean, he his punch is not. I mean, he's moving up, so his punch shouldn't be more effective. And Kovalev, I mean, he's he's older too. And last time I seen him, I saw Kovalev, his skills sort of more or less degraded. So I'm not I'm not high on Kovalev taking this fight. I'm not high on the getting out and damage. Michael Page says that he wants to be the first 
boxing and MMA simultaneous champions. Is that possible? Um, it could be. I don't know who Michael Page is. But, um, you know what? I'll go ahead. And, I'll go ahead and address that for you, KJ. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Michael Venom Page. And I'm, I, no, that's absolutely not possible. I'm going to tell you why. Michael Venom Page, dynamic fighter, 35 years old, fought for the interim Bellator welterweight championship loss last night and got wrestled cleanly to a decision loss. Um, and he wasn't even fighting the true champion. The true champion, uh, and I'm going to butcher the name, but it's like Yurasov Asmalov, is a Ukrainian fighter who's actually in Ukraine defending the homeland. Thus, the title was an interim title against Logan Story. Logan Story wrestled uh, Michael Taylor, had him you know, on the ground basically every round. I honestly thought it was, you know, a four rounds to one victory. Uh, but, you know, they made the fight on a scorecard. It's kind of like the Canelo fight. It was a lot closer on the scorecards than what it actually was because the A-side uh, fighting in his hometown in London, um, pretty much he didn't get beat up by any stretch of the imagination. He was forced to fight a wrestling match, and he lost the wrestling match pretty cleanly. So, for him to be uh, a simultaneous boxing and MMA champion with just less than 24 hours ago, a little more than 24 hours ago, he lost his first shot at the MMA title at 35. Yeah, I don't know what's going Yeah, he can, he can buy a boxing he, he can go ahead and, if, he, if his man gets out there a little bit, he can buy it. He can, he, he, he'll make a boxing championship for um, and then he has a better shot at boxing. Just go for of that. <laughs> Sounds like we're turning the page on that one. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, going with what you were initially saying about just touching bases on everything. Last week was my was my fight week. I I wanted to see the Canelo Bibble fight. I've been waiting for that one. Got what I wanted out of that, and I feel if he fights again, it's going to be the same outcome. Bubbles going to knock him clean. I think I'm knock him out next time. That's my opinion. Uh, I was kind of hoping, in a way, also see Triple G with Kenlo in the event that Bibble lost the fight. So who knows where that'll go? Um, as far as this page thing you were talking about, not a chance in hell. Other than that, that. Can... Okay. <laughs> um, uh. I just want to say I'm uh, waiting to see what Deontay Wilder is going to do. Talking about him and Anthony. He said uh, the only fight out there for him is Anthony Joshua. He's not interested in fighting you, but he's talking about Anthony Joshua. Um, And at this point with these two guys, they might as well fight. They might as well fight. Tyson Fury, he's leaving, and somebody needs to be on top of the heavyweight position. Usyk, I mean... I mean, Joshua's not I mean, I don't see Joshua beating Usyk, but right now Usyk's a little involved, and, you know, so right we need to see what's going on with the big guys that have you. Mm-hmm. Agree on that one. Sounds like there's just a, uh, a do or die tonight with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they're up now uh, one nothing over Toronto at the uh, second period, so... Uh, 
We hope the boys do well, because uh, if they do, we get to go to the games. Um, like they did. Anyway. Well, guys, we're right up against that time limit. I appreciate everything uh, everybody's done tonight again, uh, all your preparation. Um, next week, we're trying to get uh, uh, Bernard Hopkins back, and uh, hopefully his secretary can get back to you on Tuesday. Um, we'll have to clear some stuff to, to get on my this is on. Um, sit back and relax because this guy could do stand up comedy. Uh, uh, he's, he's really that good. Um, okay, Bob, you want to leave us out? Yeah, I just want to say thanks to everybody. Thanks to the Fight Word family. Sorry, guys, about my technical difficulties tonight. I've just been getting a lot of static. Uh, and uh, had a great time, great week. Uh, God bless, and you guys stay safe. Okay. Tony? Thank you guys for having me again. I enjoy each and every one of you, and uh, glad I didn't hit the easy crew this week. I was a little worried, but then again, I wasn't. I think that uh, I trust Ty and Z 100%, and I think we were all agreeing on that fight. Um, mm-hmm. God bless the troops and God bless law enforcement and EMTs out there. They're doing stuff for us, the truck drivers, everyone. And don't forget about the biosolar. That is not a, a joke. You need to do it, folks. Don't play around. This inflation getting way out of hand. Grab it while you can. And I may not be talking about it much longer. So good luck. It's biosolar.com, fighting words, radio network.live. Hi. Always a pleasure being on with you guys, Bob, Butch, Zito, KJ, and Tony. Uh, everyone have a safe week. Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone everywhere, be well. Z? Another wonderful show. I want to thank all you guys. All you guys have had every, something valuable. It makes me a fan. As I as I say quite often, I find myself being a fan more than you know any type of host. Uh, these shows are definitely in memory of Bob, Coach Mel, and Doctor Chris. And if anyone wants to say any fighting words, please do call. KJ, oh yeah, another another great show. Um, and uh, we'll be pleasure to be on with you boys the next weekend. And uh, make sure you tune into the fights tonight. We got some, we got some good ones, especially that amazing, that amazing main event, uh, the Hoish versus Rishik. And I'll see y'all later. Goodbye. Great. Thank you. Um, I want to thank everybody for being on. It's uh, it's always great to have the whole, whole crew on. Uh, there's so much you guys get to uh, our listeners and. We get to learn so much from, from you. So uh, thank you again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this program is brought to you each and every night of the week. In grateful appreciation, the men of the United States Armed Forces, the men of the police and fire services, the doctors and nurses, and the first, especially those wonderful people to clean up at the hospital uh, for the COVID, and the people in, in the um, supermarkets that uh, keep the, the shelves stocked. These programs are also dedicated to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Bainger, Jeffrey, yeah, yeah, Patrolman Jeffrey Yasmitz. 
<laughs> Detective Lanny Bell Detective Nikki Childers, San Diego officer Mike Hedman, Newcastle County, uh, Lieutenant Joe uh, Zerba, uh, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Carpet Springs Police Department, Tom, excuse me, Sergeant Thomas Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Charles Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Anato Christian, Lakeland PD, <coughs> Deputy Josh Myers, Nassau County Sheriff's Department, Captain Matt Returnal, Philadelphia Fire Department, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Chief Al Hogan, Longwood Chief Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. Ladies and gentlemen, just in case you didn't know it, but, uh, uh, Lieutenant Artis Hope uh, went to school uh, with Kai and my son, Bob, and was on the uh, track team at uh, the Hallett uh, Career Center. Wonderful person. And this is the anniversary of the fifth anniversary of her death. So uh, please keep a good thought for her family, two, two wonderful daughters that are now in college and doing really well. Um, my brothers and sisters, you may be 10 7 at this point in time, but sometime will be 10 10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to be good. May the winds be always at your back. May the rain fall softly on your tails. The sunshine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hands. Tonight, God bless and have a great week. Spirit of